0: In today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we feature an irreverent band that gave us a surprisingly reverent Christmas song.
1: We talk about Gregory Rasputin's influence on Mary's boy child.
0: No, I don't think we do that at all, Frank, but this is our Christmas episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. <laughs> Well, here we are doing another Christmas-themed episode. It really is the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? It is, because there's so many guilt-free pleasures to uh, fawn over.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about Christmas songs. There are so many great Christmas songs that are really cheesy and bad. This one is not cheesy, nor is it bad. I can understand how some people might think that it is. And those people need to come around. And those people are wrong. Yeah, There aren't many times when we draw a line in the sand, but this is one of them. And we draw it right in front of Mary's boy child.
0: So, this song was the third best-selling UK Christmas single of all time. Yes. Did you know that? I think I read it somewhere, probably on Wikipedia. Do you know what the second best-selling UK Christmas single of all time is? Was it uh, Last Christmas? Correct. We did an episode on that. That's right. What's the first one? The first one is Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. Which we also did a song on. So, now we have done the top three. In the UK. That's right. Now, I didn't even bother looking at the States stuff because it's a different thing in the uk christmas number ones are a huge deal
1: there's a whole industry built around it in the uk yeah like they have these massive competitions in the states it's just mariah carey
0: that's true
1: (laughs) which (laughs) i am not slamming at all
0: no but this one is a true christmas number one and it is bonkers good yes And I really do mean bonkers, because Boney M is a bonkers story.
1: Yes, absolutely they are. We touched on their history very, very briefly in our Milli Vanilli episode, but it bears repeating, going through the story of how Boney M started and what brought them to this song, to this point.
0: So Frank Farian is pretty much Boney M in terms of the vision of it, in terms of how it all began. And then, of course, it takes on a kind of life of its own, before splintering into stardust,
1: yeah. And Frank Farian would be, I guess, considered the godfather of modern pop star lip syncing. Oh, for sure. Okay, yeah,
0: I, I think so. I think he perfected the form and then exploited it, and then it also exploded with Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and not in a good way. No, 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 no. not at all. He uh, wanted to be like a rock singer, I think, in the 60s. He had big dreams of this, Frank Ferry, and He comes out of Germany, mm-hmm. and he saw limited success in his attempts at being a rock star, but ended up sort of becoming this producer and was able to create things in the studio that fit really well into the disco
1: era. Yeah. Just before we go on too much further, is it sad that my current Christmas wish is that perhaps I would break out and become big in the rock and roll industry in my 40s?
0: I think it's time you take on a new moniker and then hide yourself behind better looking people and, oh, I'm sorry, that sounded meaner than I Yeah, I was going to say, am I not an attractive man? <laughs>
1: oh, I'm sure you are
0: to people, some people, <laughs> as I, I am to a very certain cottage industry, but I don't feel I have that wide ranging appeal as well. So, um Wow. Wow, it does actually sound mean, because when I say it about myself, I'm like, oh,
1: come on, Bill, you can be nicer to yourself. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's okay. Merry Christmas, Frank. I know, I have my own very specific cottage industry as well, about (laughs) my looks.
0: (laughs) We have faces made for podcasting. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, we're losing ourselves here in our plans of our own
1: success. We're already there, Frank. We're already there. We're the big time. Yeah. We're the OKS podcast in the Niagara region. You got it. So Frank Farian's first big single was called Do
0: You Want to Bump? Yes. He named himself Boney M from an Australian detective series called y- Bony. Called Bony, yeah. And then he just decided that M sounded good with it.
1: So the main character in the series was a detective called Napoleon Bonaparte, who they called Boney. And Farian said this about the show and naming the band. I turned on the TV one day and it was the end of a detective series. I caught the credits and it said Boney. Nice name, I thought. Boney, 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 Boney M. Boney, 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 Boney M. Nice sound. Simple. It sounds like he's actually doing some sort of rap or like he's skipping a record
0: while he's speaking
1: yeah yeah exactly right
0: which sets him up well for millie Vanilli in the future and some of those other pretty cool 1990s compositions yeah which we talked about in the yeah Milli exactly episode. so he now has a band that's fake which is not a um unprecedented thing because there was a band called herb albert and the tijuana brass And that was just her, Valpert playing all the instruments. Oh, He has no connection to Tijuana. (laughs) (laughs) This will surprise you, Frank. Albert's not a uh, common um, Spanish last name. Oh. Yeah. Kelsey Priest. Yeah. So uh, he ended up creating a fake band called the Tijuana Brass, and then went on tour and were very successful, like number one hit records. Oh, okay. You have the Archies, which (laughs) was uh, really... Andy Kim wrote the big song with another guy, and then he did backing vocals on that, and that became a band. So there's histories of this happening. Yeah, like the Monkees, too. Yeah, kind of. They were a TV show. They were a TV show, but they were actually like, they tried out for the band, and the band, they, yeah. But sure, you're right, too, Frank. And so Boney M, you know, fits in this. It's not a uh, shocking thing that you'd have a band before you have a band. Foo Fighters is like this too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll stop name dropping. So he finds some uh, members for his band. So these members, who
1: are Frank. I I was going to say before he found the members of the band, he recorded the song. All the vocals on it are Frank Farrion, including the female parts, which is him singing in a falsetto. That's right. So he's doing everything. He's doing everything everything so yeah. he has this song and now he just needs a band for it and it's already recorded so the recorded version of this is just frank ferrian yeah like it's not boney m with the members from boney m that's right <laughs>
0: So we have this song, and now he's finding a band. So the band yeah. he finds, Marsha Barrett and Liz Mitchell, both from Jamaica, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. they're living in Germany, I would assume at the time anyways. And I think either Marsha or Liz brought one or the other with them.
1: Yeah, I thought it was Liz that started and then brought Marsha along right. with...
0: And they were already in bands in, in uh, Germany. There were already parts of things. Okay. There was uh, Maisie Williams. yes. And Bobby Farrell.
1: Yeah. And on the Wikipedia page, their contribution to the band is dancer and live vocals. So they didn't actually record anything.
0: Yeah. And Frank Farian was interviewed and he said that Maisie Williams didn't have a voice for the type of music they were doing. Yeah. And then Bobby Farrell is, uh, I mean, he's been memed a lot. In those sort of videos you'd see on Instagram where they talk about you and your sisters want to start a band, but your mom says, bring on your brother, and yeah. he's just doing those crazy dance moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is like the face of Boney Am in a sense. So whenever yeah. I hear the male vocal, yeah. I think of his face, even yeah. though...
1: Even though it's just Frank Farian, right?
0: Yeah. And so Bobby Farrell did contribute a rap to a 1980s song oh, okay. that sounded very similar to the raps in Millie Vanilli. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> They also kind of had a falling out somehow. I don't even know how you have a falling out when the guy's a dancer, but yeah. Anyways, Bobby Farrell. We talked about this. He died in 2010. I don't know what year Rasputin died, but he died on the same day in oh, the same yeah, city. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's right. Same yeah, day, yeah. same
0: city. Yeah. Take that as you may of uh, some dumb luck or the universe. I think is it was trying the to Illuminati. No, oh, I just was saying the universe trying to tell us something, but yeah. you you got to put Illuminati on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got a band. But we have Frank Farian, who's the male vocals now. You have Liz Mitchell and Marcia Barrett. I think Liz Mitchell's the main female vocal. Yeah,
1: she's the main singer.
0: And for Mary's Boy Child, this is Liz Mitchell. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they have a couple studio albums. All right, let's go through the names of those studio albums. What's the first studio album? Take the Heat Off Me. Yeah, that's album one that has do you want to bump and a bunch of other tunes i think daddy cools on that one yeah it's actually baby do you want to bump baby do you want to bump okay got yep. that wrong
1: yeah then the next album is love for sale 1977
0: and that one has quite the album cover i think bobby farrell is only wearing what looks like a glittery speedo yeah at
1: best they're all like bound in chains and yeah whatnot. he might have a whip in his hands uh it looks like just uh chains oh just chains just okay chains, well, yeah. what was i doing yeah i and have one, no idea
0: okay yeah it, then i guess it was a lot cleaner than i thought yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> a, so when i look at that I'm like holy cow that's pretty uh provocative
1: is that a word for it that's the
0: tame version of the word okay yeah. all right so it is amazing that that band is going to release Mary's Boy Child. Yeah. I That's know, all I can think right? of is that picture and Mary's Boy Child. So they have a hit on there called Belfast, is one of them. There's yes. a couple other tunes on there. Yep. But I just know looking at the list of singles, they have a single on there called Belfast, which does very well. Mm-hmm. And then the next album, which is an awesome album. I was listening to it just the other day Night Flight to Venus. Holy cow. The first two songs, Night Flight to Venus, they have the song Night Flight to Venus mm-hmm. and the drum just take you to places but that's the drum that's going to lead you right in the Rasputin and that's the second song it is yeah. insane but before Rasputin is released as a single they have Rivers of Babylon yeah and I think uh Brown Girl in a Ring is the name of that like there's a co A single and so um Rivers of Babylon was a huge hit yes. in the UK. yeah 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 and it was the highest charting single in the states went to number 30 oh really and then after that came Rasputin which went to number two in the UK yeah number 80 maybe in the states didn't yeah. ever really make a mark there until people started playing at weddings i guess yeah <laughs> so and then after rasputin is mary's boy child oh my lord slash
1: yeah i thought that was your reaction no to mary's boy child was, <laughs> oh my it. lord it's yeah, such yeah. a great song it is
0: such a great song yeah. there's an amazing run of singles if you include rivers of babylon rasputin and this this is their peak
1: yes Yeah, there is an interview that Marsha Barrett gave, and she said about the formation of the band, I always thought Boney M as being put together by a spiritual force, and we liked doing spiritual songs. When we did Mary's Boy Child, we added a bit of spontaneity at the end, and as it worked, we left it in. And this really makes sense, that the band focused on spiritual songs, especially considering Rasputin, the, uh, lover of the Russian Queen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess he was. Uh, he could preach the gospel. That's but true. The ladies yeah. <laughs> really loved him, and he healed people. It was in one of that one of the lyrics in there too. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of like. Um, I think of them as like traveling evangelists, like sort of charismatic. Where you're like, wow, they're really convincing, but they kind of have this physicality to them yeah in their songs there's a hint of excess oh my goodness just (laughs) just a tad just a little bit that second album cover notwithstanding
1: yeah oh my goodness yeah (laughs) very spiritual
0: very spiritual i mean rivers of babylon is fascinating to me as a song like just because it's a psalm yeah yeah exactly
1: right and then you have
0: this song which is Probably the most Jesus y of all Christmas number ones in the UK. there has gotta be. Oh, I would think so, yeah. It's a song written, in, I think, in the 50s. Yeah. By Jester Hairston. Right. And so, he, and you look up his sort of history as a singer, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's, I think he died at the age of 100. Oh, really? Yeah, or something like that. I was just looking, I was kind of looking it over quickly. Maybe don't quote me on it. Okay. Actually, we're literally quoted me on it because it's now on the podcast.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> did he die before or after Rasputin?
0: <laughs> it took a lot to
1: kill him, I'll yeah. tell you that much.
0: Okay, wait, where am I going? Here we go. Back to this. He wrote it and Harry Belafonte put it out as a single. Yes. And it was done in this like Calypso yes. spiritual style. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very
1: good. Yeah. I mean, that, that Harry Belafonte album is incredible. So it was the first number one single in the UK by a black male. The Harry Belafonte song? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. G- good work there, Frank. Oh. You can think song facts. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Hark, now hear thee. Angels sing a new king born today, and man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day.
0: It's interesting to me that this song is out there, and Frank Farian knows about it and yeah. says to Liz Mitchell as they're driving to the studio in November of 1978. November. Yeah. Right? He says, hey, have you heard this song before? She said, yeah, could you sing it for me? She sings it for him in the car as they are driving to the studio. And in his head is this Caribbean Euro style disco song yeah. instead of the sort of gentle calypso. And I mean, we've we talked about this before we recorded, but Frank Farian is a white German. Mm-hmm. And he is sort of creating music that maybe we could think of it as Caribbean but through his peculiar filter. Yeah, yeah. And so for us growing up on it, we think of it just as music from the Caribbean. Yeah. But it really is a German man's version of what that music is. We talked about this, like the movie Drive.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a Eastern European director's version of what he thinks an American action film is. Right, in the same way Mumford & Sons
0: is (laughs) (laughs) their... is England's version of Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas Dave Matthews Band might be some version of something that came over from England. Lots lots of complicated things in there. Garden of Forking Paths, Mirrors, like
1: an Enter the Dragon. Oh, right. That's what I'm
0: thinking of. Okay. I'm way out in space right now.
1: Uh, Yeah. Maybe we should talk about this song? It might be a good idea to talk about the song a little bit.
0: Okay. Before we jump into Boney M's, for listeners in Niagara, maybe in particular, but it could be in North America. It could be in the entire world or beyond. On. I don't know how this is being uh, transmitted.
1: Also, Bill and I have a very narrow version of the world. Like it's very Niagara centric. So if it happens here, we assume that it hasn't happened to everywhere else. That's right. So there is a singer, Evelyn Tornquist. Oh, Evie. Evie.
0: And so in Niagara, especially within our community of people, everyone's parents had an Evie Christmas album. Yes. And so it came out in 1977 and it was called Come On Ring Those Bells. Yeah. Which is one of the great Christmas songs that you may not have heard of, but don't worry, I might post it to YouTube because it's not on Spotify or Apple Music or any of those places. Yeah,
1: which is a shame.
0: It is a shame because they start to think that it never existed if it doesn't stream.
1: Exactly. So we're here to save Evie.
0: Yeah. Trumpet song. Heavy released a version of Mary's Boy Child the year before this came out. And that was the version that I knew. I had no idea who Harry Belafonte was or (laughs) Boney M. My parents protected me from that stuff, Frank. But come to think of it, Boney M, despite the second album's cover, is a pretty safe band.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: And so here we are, November 1978, Liz Mitchell driving with Frank Farian, listening to music in the car. Now, it's the 70s, so it must either be an A-track... Or he's got a giant LP, you know, (laughs) he's got a big record player there in his car. In his car. (laughs) And they just, don't drive on any potholes, drive very carefully, (laughs) drops the needle, listen very closely to this song. This is my, actually, that's my preferred vision of this. Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they go to the studio and they crush this in
1: maybe, I don't know, a day or two? Yeah, they smash it out liz mitchell said the process was hard work because it involved singing the track in the studio more than 50 times in one session including lead backing vocals harmonies and all of the oohs and ahs yeah so they did it all at once
0: it sounds like they did it all in the same sitting i don't even think bobby farrell was there frank (laughs) (laughs) really yeah considering he didn't sing on any of the albums that's right and as they're there, Fred Jacobson, Fred J, professionally, is working on the lyrics for the second half, the Oh My Lord part. Yeah. And they are doing their own thing, as they, as you mentioned earlier, while they're singing it, and they're incorporating that into the song. So there's some interesting moments there that kind of go off in very fascinating directions.
1: Yeah, so the Oh My Lord portion of the song, which, well, it's considered a medley, this song. Yeah. It was never intended to be there in the first place. Maybe it was supposed to be like a second single or something. I'm not sure. The feeling I get is they went in to sing just Mary's Boy Child.
0: Yeah, they might have had an extra bit but yeah. then it just took it to it its took, own level. Yeah,
1: it had a life of its own.
0: Right. And he talked about maybe modernizing it, although, oh my lord, does not feel modern at all. And it goes no. in a direction that's shockingly reverent. Yeah. For Boney M. Okay. We're coming off of... Rasputin is the single before this. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: This is crazy to me. Yeah. But I guess like in the 80s, I think Frankie Goes to Hollywood came out with this super sappy Christmas song after like Relax.
1: Oh, really? So
0: there's a history of this in the UK anyways. Yeah. So they think they embraced it wholeheartedly. Okay. So this song gets released probably within, I don't know, a week of it being pressed. And it shoots to number one quickly because it's number one for four weeks
1: yeah because if this happens in november the turnaround time on this like so maybe one or two days in the studio just banging out all the lyrics and the instrumentation then pressing like that takes a little bit of time as well like all the balancing and producing of the actual song and then turnaround out the door number one single yeah it's crazy crazy
0: up until do they know it's christmas i think nothing ever shot up so quickly.
1: yeah oh yeah because that was a really quick turnaround too right
0: Now, before we jump into the analysis of the song, I found something fascinating on just Spotify, and then looking on any other streaming service or YouTube and all that, Mm -hmm. is that every time I looked up Mary's Boy Child by Boney M, it would give a different version. Like, the length of each was different. So, there's the 12-inch version, which is my personal favorite, 6 minutes and 18 seconds. The 7-inch version, which I think would have been the one that would have been released, is five minutes and 42 or 43 seconds. And that's the one you'll find on the remastered Nighttime to Venus
1: oh, okay, yep, yep.
0: album. And it wasn't on the album originally, but they just put it in because of the same time frame. Yeah. And then on the, uh, I think their Christmas album, I think it's still five minutes and something seconds, but then it starts to get really wonky. There's four minutes and two seconds. There's three minutes and 15 seconds, and it just jumps all over the place.
1: I have on the Wikipedia page here, it says the 7-inch version is 5.43. The French 7-inch version is 5.40. The Spanish 7-inch version is 5.22. Yeah, because
0: they sync they faster in
1: Spanish. Well, Yeah. And then the 12 inch is 6.80. Yeah,
0: and then it just gets wonky. Any yeah. compilation, I think Frank Farron will cut whatever you want. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> remix version. We won't really talk about it. Yeah, and on the Christmas version, there's like one with like kids singing on it, not to be. Um, Revisited. I, I oh, don't okay. Want Not right. good. Yeah, I'm just trying to block it out. Yeah, it's a
1: gotcha. tough experience when I heard
0: it. Yeah, I'm gonna focus on the 12 inch version, which is the one that we just listened to before we started yeah. here.
1: Yeah, exactly. And prior to starting, like going through the lyrics, I, I think we will we'll discuss the the music about it as best we can. And the lyrics, it's hard to talk about them without sounding like a Sunday school lesson. So it's
0: time to sit around a circle. Time to get the felt board out. We're gonna tell you a Christmas story. <laughs> child jesus christ was born on christmas day and man will live forevermore because of christmas day so there's the a cappella beginning or we, we stopped yeah. it and i know people listening to this wanted to hear the the drums or the the, yeah, the yeah. what do we
1: is it steel drums going there there, there are steel drums later. in it? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely still a Caribbean or Caribbean, if you're nasty, uh, feel to the song. Yeah. It still has that sort of Calypso vibe yeah. to it. But Happy holiday, Calypso disco. Yes. Thank you. That's the specific genre that this song falls into.
0: boy child and then comma jesus christ in case you're wondering who it was was born on christmas day i don't know if you know this frank but christmas means just jesus's birthday in greek or something okay okay and man will live forevermore because of christmas day throwing a bit of theology there
1: yeah and considering the song is from a band that has a mild form of excess about it and success. It's pretty theologically... Sound. Sound, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, if you subscribe to, like, Christian theology, this falls into suit. It's shocking.
0: It's shocking to me. I mean, Mary's Boy Child itself, the song, yeah. it's already a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the stuff that they add to it is like, wow, okay, (laughs) this is, you know, I'm curious how people responded to it in the late 70s, because uh, we come out of evangelical movements that in the 70s weren't too cozy with what they would call the secular world.
1: Yeah, pop music and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah. And following Boney M on their sort of their journey of spiritual singles, Rasputin, Lover of the yeah. Russian queen, and then Mary's boy child. It's incredible. <laughs> incredible. They've had Rivers of Babylon before, but they're yeah. all over. Yeah. I love it. I just love it. So, well, they went all the way from Babylon to
0: Russia. Incredible. And then right back to a little stable in Bethlehem. It's the production that just brings... A Smile to My Face.
1: Yeah, this is an upbeat, poppy song. And I know a lot of Christmas songs, they really tend to be mellow and almost morose. Is that the right word for it? it could be. I mean, they're almost so reverent that yeah. you just really can't approach it. And I feel the
0: original version of this was super reverent. Yeah. And slow. Yeah. Yeah. But this just heightens the joy of what the message is. Like I feel it's not it's not wrong because it, it is in keeping with the message, which is shouldn't this be a party? If man's gonna live forevermore? Yeah. It
1: shouldn't be somber. Yeah. It's Christmas. And you can feel through the radio or whatever device you're streaming the song on, you can hear them smiling while they're singing. Oh yeah. I mean maybe not on the forty eighth take. Uh, probably not. No. <laughs> That's right. I don't know what
0: Frank Farian's personality is like. I don't know if it'd be fun anymore. Yeah. But hey, it sounds fun to
1: us. How do you say it again in German?
0: Heartland. Hark now hear the angels sing, a king was born today, and man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. So, I mean, not breaking new ground with uh, lyrically, except they're kind of quoting
1: Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got for that one lyrically there, Frank. I mean, the story of the song it basically just follows the gospel takes on the birth of Jesus. Yeah, it's uh, pretty straightforward. What's going on underneath it is those
0: mm, there yes. You can hear it if you listen closely because, of course, it's going to come to the forefront soon. But he's doing things around it. That makes it especially fun.
1: Yeah, the bass. Oh, yeah. The bass is all over the place. Yeah.
0: This is where the disco is yeah. at its height while shepherds watch their flock by night they see a bright new shining star they hear a choir sing a song the music seemed to come from afar yep it did yeah okay (laughs) and then we go back into its lyrics i mean i don't know if we can really work through all these lyrics no it's i just know right after it i have written drums and bells because they start you know adding to this as we go
1: One note that I wrote about the drums on this, I put drums, hollow, thin, the, not the steel drums, but listen to the drums. Yeah, yeah. They don't sound really full, but it works with what's happening. I wonder if it's a way that like they tighten the sides of them. Maybe,
0: I don't know. (sighs) No, I've said drummers are going to go crazy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Explain to me how drums work, Bill. Well, I think it's like... A, I, I always imagine it's one of those things you turn on the side
1: yeah. and it could sound a bit different. Yeah. Well, yeah, because... I have friends who are drummers and they tune their drums like, don't you just like smash it with a stick and it makes the noise? Like that's how drums work, right? Until Phil Collins came along and did that thing. Oh, yeah.
0: Which we talked about and then I promptly forgot.
1: Well, he had the mic above the drums that caught the sound and kind of the speaker went back through. That's how he got the the sound, right? right? Yeah. They didn't do that here. No. But I do know. (laughs) But do you you understand what I'm trying to say here, right? No, I totally do. And drummers do too because I'm talking in their language. Yeah, yeah just making sounds yeah, yeah exactly gotcha
0: one of my favorite parts and yeah. i think this might especially be present in the long version is the mm-mm. because yeah. in the long version they repeat i think the whole beginning with mm-hmm they do yeah. like a whole verse and chorus i think
1: yeah it's like over a minute long That's it's awesome just like humming
0: it's so good and then the steel drums come in there yeah After the ums, we get to the new stuff. So I have yeah. a feeling this is what he wants in there, but it's going to take on a life of its own later. For a moment, the world was aglow. It's hard to read this without trying to sound like um, Frank Ferriant's weirdly like studio altered voice. Yeah. So for a moment, the world was aglow. All the bells rang out. There was tears of joy and laughter. People shouted, let everyone know, there is hope for all to find peace. For a moment, the world was aglow. All the bells rang out. There were tears of joy and laughter. People shouted, let everyone know, there is hope for all to find peace. I love that. Yeah. It's so good, especially that line, there's hope for all to find peace. Yeah. It is joyous.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? And that's the way that it's sung. And this is what Christmas is all about. This is fun. Yeah, and presents. That's what Christmas is about.
0: Uh, With a T-S or a C-E, Frank, because this song is all about the C-E. In a stable, all forlorn, and in a manger, cold and dark, Mary's little boy was born. Hark now hear the angels sing, a king was born today. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day.
1: And then
0: like that and i guess that doesn't sound as bouncy as the song is because if it's all forlorn you'd think this it should sound more like the harry belafonte version yeah but man's gonna live forever more forever yeah so forlorn forever let's bounce this up now from there this is now the shift right in the song
1: yeah this is where it gets into the whole oh my lord portion of the medley
0: and depending on the version you have, it could last for three to four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, at least the version I had. It's at least three and a half minutes. Yeah. And it's glorious. But here we go. Oh, a moment still worth was a glow. Actually, I have no idea what that means. Oh, a moment still worth was a glow. Okay. All the bells rang out. There were tears of joy and laughter. People shouted, let everyone know there's hope to find peace. Here's the big shift. Even yeah. though those are the new parts, now the shift happens. Oh, my Lord. You sent your son to save us, O oh my Lord, your very self you gave us, O oh my Lord, that sin may not enslave us and love may reign once more. O oh my Lord, you sent your son to save us, O oh my Lord, your very self you gave us, O oh my Lord, that sin may not enslave us and love may reign once more. Now, just that on its own is probably better than most Christmas sermons and actually kind of captures the whole thing yeah. for like the, the Christian theology, which is shocking to me coming from...
1: Coming from the singers of Ra-Ra Rasputin. Yeah. <laughs> the shift between those two songs is as bonkers as the band is to me.
0: It is. And so, uh Fred J i mean fred jay's working on all those songs too though right yeah so he's, yeah yeah so i'd love to know the background of fred jacobson and how he ended up there and how he knows all this stuff yeah and so it keeps going though oh my lord when in the crib they found him oh my lord a golden halo crowned him oh my lord they gathered all around him to see him and adore oh my- When I was um, younger, as in when I was around 45. <laughs> so last year. Yeah. I thought it was in the crypt they found you. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. They turned it into an Easter song. Yeah. Oh, the crypt. I get what they're getting at. And I built this whole sort of image of what they were doing here. Totally wrong. Totally wrong. A crib would have made a lot more sense, but yeah. my mind went straight to crypt. So they found him in a crib major crib. Yeah, you have a very morbid outlook on a lot of things, Bill. Well, I was thinking that he wasn't in the crypt, Frank. I was oh, going full Easter. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. Man lives
0: forevermore. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, they saw him in the crib, okay? And, yeah. and this is, so far, pretty straightforward Christmas, even. Yeah. But it's going to get even more interesting. Yeah. I'm curious how much this is Liz Mitchell just doing her thing, too. Yeah. To me, it gets really interesting here. I have written on my page, gets interesting. <laughs> Oh, my Lord, they had become to doubt you. I'm not sure about the lyrics there, but whatever. Oh, my Lord, what did they know about you? Oh, my Lord, but they were lost without you. They needed you so bad. <laughs> so, also love just so bad, just feels so uh, current. Yeah I, yeah. I don't yeah. know, it just doesn't sound as... Um, that part sounds like a desperate love song. Yeah, but, you know, to put in this, suddenly they're doubting him. So, I guess they're, they're now thinking about this baby's coming. No one expected this. They were doubting that someone would come to save them, but they didn't know anything about you. They're lost without you. There's all these things going on that are really interesting in the Christmas story. I find it fascinating that they go in this direction. I'm not used to hearing this in a Christmas song.
1: Yeah, something that's so overtly evangelical.
0: Yes. So this idea of doubting God... But then the baby shows up and the baby was a surprise and they didn't know they needed the baby. And then there's all these things that go on with the idea of it being a baby and not something else. There's a lot going on there that it's way more insightful than I'm expecting out of just any sort of Christmas song.
1: Yeah. Or a (laughs) bony Christmas song, particularly. Oh my lord.
0: I mean, we can't go through all this because they just keep going. But then they yeah. just start saying things like um, "until the sun falls from the sky" was one of the lines that yeah. jump out. But yeah. then there's another one where they say he is a personation. What is a personation?
1: Do you have that in yours? No, I don't have it in any of mine. Uh, my only thing is that it's a nation of one person. Let me see. If, if I'm going to take it quite literally, what the word could mean. So bad. it's a sunday school lesson here it
0: is and so if we were a video podcast we'd have the felt pieces up for you
1: yeah (laughs) but
0: we're not so now it's time to go to categories yes all right frank oh do we need to
1: talk about the video real sorry let's do that yeah my apologies it's okay i'll allow it this one time because i'm in a forgiving mood because it's christmas time
0: oh thanks frank
1: yeah there are a couple videos out
0: there because they're always on top of the pops
1: singing this or lip syncing it yeah yeah they're always kind of lip
0: syncing this but the one that we're most familiar with is where they're wearing those white is it like fur coats kind of like or at least there's fur around the the um hoods yeah maybe and they're singing with those uh they look like british kids to me they're in a church somewhere at a yeah. kid's Christmas pageant. Yeah.
1: And you're right, because when I saw it, I assumed that they were British kids as well. And I have no idea why I would go there, but yeah. I did.
0: Yeah. So either way, they're in a church, kids are performing a Christmas thing, and they're singing around. It's pretty heartwarming. Yeah. And I, it gets at the sort of childlike quality mm-hmm. of what we love about Christmas. Yeah.
1: It's basically a nativity play. Yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah. It's like getting your oranges and peanuts afterwards and you leave the church. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a video,
0: which is kind of crazy because I'm used to Bobby Farrell dancing like he's... Oh, yeah, like a man possessed. Yeah. But this one, I think he's been... um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's been toned down. I was going to think exercise <laughs> yeah. with the whole boy child thing, but maybe yeah. that makes him feel more Halloween-y. Yeah, maybe. What more to say about the video? It's awesome. Yeah, Everything they do is kind of awesome in video form where you're yeah. like, all right. I found a great live version of it oh, okay. where they're all singing. Oh, even Bobby Farrell? All of the Bobby Farrell parts, which are the Frank Farian parts, yeah. are sang by Liz Mitchell. She just <laughs> does the whole thing, and then they do a couple things. And to help make it work, there's a bunch of backup singers in the back which they do on tours now for like major
1: bands they'll have people yes. playing in the back yeah to yeah, make yeah. things work so uh,
0: that's why tickets cost so much money frank
1: yeah you got to pay all those backup singers 25 dollars in a, a burrito <laughs> exactly so the other people get a shocking amount of money yeah so taylor
0: swift bill and frank aren't going to your concert mostly because we couldn't get tickets yeah that's true. did you try no oh. it'd be so much money
1: did you No, but I feel bad that I didn't try because it would pay for my mortgage. Well, I was going to say strictly as a business move, if I got tickets, I could sell them for double the cost.
0: I think it's immoral not to sell them for your family. If I had them, I have to sell them
1: for my family's sake. Yeah.
0: We could go on a trip or we could get out of debt for three months. (laughs) Just kidding. Deficit for three months. All right, time for categories, Frank. All right. So we have two variations. There's how should Michael Bolton cover this song and who else could cover this song. Yeah. They often intersect because usually our answer is Michael Bolton. Yes. Yes. I think I got a couple ideas for Michael Bolton covering the song. Gotcha. I have a really offensive one where he's actually doing an island
1: accent. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's brutal. It is. Yeah. Oh, he, he could dreadlock his mullet. <laughs> he could. Yeah, he could. Oh, it'd be so bad. Oh, that'd be. Oh, that's yeah. awful. Version one. Oh, Michael, don't. <laughs> yeah, okay. Version two i
0: like to think of Michael Bolton actually not singing the song, but lip syncing the song and someone else doing all the vocals. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: So I don't know. I don't know who else is doing it, but I like the idea that he's actually just doing his smoldering looks. That's yeah. what he's been paid here to do. Well, exactly.
1: All right. What about you? I had who else could sing this? Okay. And my choice, and this makes sense, would be Mariah Carey. Oh, okay. So she does all the female parts, obviously. Yeah. But then the Bobby Farrell parts, which is the Frank Farian parts, she can sing those. And I hesitate to say this, but it would be early Mariah Carey, like Vision of Love Mariah mm-hmm. Carey. You know when she does those like sultry smoldering vocals yeah. in Vision of Love? Like where she drops down a register or she sings a lot lower than her the whistle register. Yeah. She's doing the male parts in that voice. The Bible Christmas song becomes, dare I say, sexy at that point. How dare you? I did. <laughs> okay. I never thought of that. I like it. Plus Mariah Carey. I mean, she can sing any Christmas song.
0: What about if it was Mariah Carey and Michael Bolton? Oh, yes, please. Now,
1: what would the writer be like for that? I don't think it would be anything more excessive than what Boney M got during their sort of record Heyday? career. Okay. Yeah. This is not like a Fleetwood
0: Mac writer. No. Oh, okay, that's good.
1: Well, Hallmark movie. Can you make a Hallmark movie about the greatest story ever told, Bill?
0: Whoa. Okay. I had Hallmark disco down, but I think you just (laughs) won with that comment.
1: Where would you most likely hear this song? It's playing at the depressing lot where I'm buying my Christmas tree from okay. the weekend before Christmas. Just going through, looking for whatever's left over. The most crooked, smallest Charlie Brown trees there right, right. there are. Instead of
0: Giraldi, you're getting bony out. Yeah. <laughs> There's this great line from um, this guy who, like, was it, I don't know if he was climbing mountains. Oh, shoot. I don't remember his name. But he, um, it wasn't the guy who cut his arm off, I don't think. It was a mountaineer guy. Mm -hmm. But he had Boney M stuck in his head just when he was about to die. And he said, oh, no, I don't want to die hearing Boney M. (laughs) I think about you (laughs) trying to get this Christmas tree. Well,
1: so that was his inspiration for living—is not dying with "Boney M" yeah. being the last thing that he has stuck in his head. If
0: it's this song, it's not a bad way no, to go.
1: Yeah, it ushers you into eternity. Come
0: on, you know I don't think I could beat your explanation where you would hear it. I was just going to say in my car, but I, I prefer it in the most depressing Christmas tree lot. Oh, I know, right?
1: Yeah, or it's playing at the mall when you're trying to Christmas shop and you're trying to be pleasant and, and positive about this uh, season, but you're just like no. Nope. Nope, I'm having none of this. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, good. Did you bring a mixtape to the table today? Yes, I did. Full disclosure, I came in here and then realized I didn't make a mixtape. Which, which is very unlike you. Unlike me. I have had a
1: kind of a scattered week here. Okay. But uh, why don't you begin while I make mine up? Gotcha. As I mentioned before, a lot of Christmas songs are very slow tempo. Even the pop songs, not even the Jesus-y one. They're very mellow, not poppy and bouncy and fun and joyful. Okay. So I went with Joyful fun songs. I'm starting with Sleigh Ride by the Ronettes. Okay. Then, and Hear Me Out Here. I will try. Christmas Time is Here, but there's a version done by Megan Smith, or it might be pronounced Megan Smith. It's bonkers good. So good. Skating on the River by Lily Frost. Okay. Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, the Harry Connick Jr. version. And I finish it off with God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen uh, slash We Three Kings by... Bare Naked Ladies, and Sarah McLachlan. Tremendous version. No question. Were you able to put together a mixtape and tell me why Hands by Jewel is not on it? Well, there was a Christmas version of Hands. Exactly. it turned out I hate that song.
0: And so I didn't put it on. So I did come up with a mixtape here, Frank. Okay, All right. So what I tried to do is come up with Jesus-y songs (laughs) that were kind of new, that were popular in the mainstream kind of gotcha and some of these aren't super popular in the mainstream but actually uh they probably totally aren't but still i'm gonna put them in blight of the stable by emmy lou harris
1: i've never heard that song
0: it's such a good song and it's on her christmas album little road to bethlehem by sean colvin on sean colvin's christmas album which is incredible and i know you haven't heard it (laughs) i've now become that guy (laughs) just giving you songs no one's heard (laughs) next up nothing but a child by steve Earle.
1: Hey, guess what? (laughs) You've never heard of it. I've never
0: heard that song. (laughs) Oh, man. It's such a good song. Is it? Okay. Uh.
1: Is it... Better than his portrayal on The Wire? I think most things are. Okay. I like Steve
0: Earle, but I like Steve Earle as a singer more than an actor. <laughs> yeah. But nothing but a child is very good. Okay. And then I uh, ran out of steam, and I'm just going to go with The Friendly Beast by Sufjan Stevens. Oh, okay. I, know- I do know that one. Yeah. Okay. And Sufjan Stevens is fascinating in his own right, and The Friendly Beast is such a great song. Yeah. And uh, it takes place around the manger, and it's fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. I like this song.
0: Yeah. I mean, this song is so good. It's hard to find anything, and I apologize, listeners. I usually come up with such a killer mixtape compared to Frank's, and I feel I've let everyone down, and especially
1: you, Frank. Well, I'm not used to being so high up on this pedestal here, having the best mixtape, so it's dizzying. So, dear listeners, we hope that you bared with us as we went through Boney M's Mary's Boy Child slash Oh My Lord. And we're hoping there were tears of joy and laughter and people shouting, let everyone know that there's hope for all to find peace when you listen to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures.